I'm Lalita Hanford and I'm an Exams Integrity Lead. And I'm Bill Johnston and I'm also an Exams Integrity Lead. Our job kind of encompasses lots of different things, but we're focusing on our role in terms of investigating potential malpractice that might occur during examinations or non-examined assessments. So I suppose the first step would be to do an initial triage, uh, an evaluation of the severity of what's being alleged or, or, or what's come into us before deciding what course of action needs to be taken if there's immediate risk or to the integrity of exams or how we prioritise a case before then determining our investigation plan in terms of who we need to speak to, what key lines of inquiry we need to follow up and of course contacting relevant people, whether that's the head of centre or people internally. We have um, colleagues that are more experienced in terms of recognising key aspects of an an allegation that, that, that would be a concern. So, for example, whether or not content of a question paper has allegedly been leaked, you know, that can have a, a huge impact on all the candidates. So that would obviously be something that we would consider to be high risk and a, a high priority. All allegations are, of course, considered important because it's malpractice and in that way there's always a risk or a threat to the integrity. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's generally done by our, by our colleagues in, in terms of case analysts looking at these sort of things. Yeah, we, we always want to get all cases resolved as, as quickly as possible. Uh, at the heart of every case there's an individual who you know might have not necessarily their job at risk but you know it's something that they're worried about so we want to get things done in a timely manner but then if there's a high Mm. risk case where like Bill said if the examination material might have been leaked and we don't know how far that might have been spread or there might have been a security breach that's something that we need to resolve quite quickly to kind of contain that if necessary so we'll prioritize obviously during the the height of summer our busy periods you know we are getting a lot more than we would be at say this time of year when there's only a, a smaller examination series so there's always an element of checking what what's been suggested what's been alleged whether or not the the source of the allegation is is credible or or indeed what's been said is actually malpractice Uh, obviously in terms of what's being alleged we will have different strategies or approaches to our investigations um, that we will need to consider and, and the lines of inquiry may may differ in terms of the allegation that's being raised so that may may necessitate the need for us to interview different people or seek consultation from different areas of the business. So like Bill said we'll draw up our lines of inquiry, decide who we want interviewed, what questions we want asked and we'll inform the head of centre of that and then we'll have a conversation with the head and we'll decide whether it's appropriate for someone at the centre to conduct the investigation or in some cases we will we might need to go above them to someone in the governance committee, a trustee for example of the school. In some cases we'll conduct the interviews ourselves so we'll go into a centre and interview staff and students or we might do that over the phone so it really kind of depends on the case and who's involved in that allegation. We can do a number of checks and and, and we do this in the background we, we will be looking at all sorts of, all sorts of things depending on the, the allegation we can be assessing results you know if there's any anomalies statistically uh, we can be looking for patterns in, in terms of previous results and, and marks that have been submitted to us we can also seek guidance from colleagues within the organisation that may have visited the school or know the school or, or, or have examined that particular school uh, and those candidates. There's other people that we can sort to and, and there's other things that we can look into just again to, to check to see if there's any, if the allegation is credible. It's not a case of we're looking to prove what's being said, we're, we're gathering the evidence 
that may then need to go before committee to determine if on the balance of probability that uh, malpractice has occurred or indeed if there's there's no case to answer. So our team deal with both candidate malpractice and centre staff malpractice and our case analysts will deal with the majority of candidate cases unless there's something particularly complex in there that they would need to refer upwards or if they if there's something there that might actually suggest that potential centre staff malpractice has occurred a centre will report student malpractice and based on that report the case analyst will usually make that decision fairly quickly whereas our investigations into centre staff malpractice do tend to take a bit longer you know we usually allow a couple of weeks for centres to gather the evidence required and then again like I said we might need to expand our investigation ask for further interviews or further information so that can make it last a bit longer Mm. so we do have a peak of candidate malpractice in the summer as well as you can imagine but the turnaround on those cases is usually very quick and unless it's kind of towards the more extreme end or there might be multiple disqualifications required or something like that. AQA has an irregularities and appeals committee that's made up of former head teachers, educational professionals, you know, these, these people are, are highly trained and, and very experienced. They know the workings of schools, they, they know the regulations and uh, often if we're unable to make a staff decision on a, on a case, the matter will need to be referred to our IAC committee who will review all the evidence that's submitted, the, the case papers before making a decision, again to, to protect the integrity of the exam, to ensure that um, there's an appropriate sanction to the individual. So uh, in those circumstances we'll, we'll notify a school that this is being referred to a committee, we'll let the teacher or the centre have all the case papers that are going to be considered so that they can provide a, a comment and then the committee will, will review the evidence and make a decision. They make two decisions. So first of all, like Bill said, they decide on the balance of probabilities whether malpractice has occurred and if that is the case, what the most appropriate sanction is. So the sanctions come from the JCQ suspected malpractice document. So they can range from uh, no further action. So the committee might actually decide that there is no case to answer on the part of that individual and no further action will be taken up to a warning which lasts for a period of two years and is basically just saying you've committed malpractice, what you've done is not appropriate. And if you do something similar again or another infraction against the regulations occurs within the next two years, that'll be taken into account. We also issue sanction of training, which is quite a supportive measure really just to allow that individual to carry on with their with their job, but with some more training to make sure that they don't commit malpractice again. They might need special conditions, which might involve somebody more senior to them. So maybe their line manager overseeing part of their work um, or maybe all of their work in connection with our exams. Or the most severe sanction is suspension. So that's on an individual. They might be suspended from any involvement with our exams for a set period of time. Up to five years is what we issue. Yeah, all, all the all the sanctions that ourselves or the committee impose are all are only related to involvement with AQA exams. We you know, we don't have any authority with their uh, continuation in the profession or their continued employment. It's simply a sanction to say we feel that you've committed this offence and therefore we're imposing this sanction so that you're not involved for for a set period of time or that, uh, as Lalita says, as a supportive measure to ensure that they are aware 
of what regulation they breached and the school or indeed the individual or both are putting something in place to make sure that this this doesn't happen again and also we've got to consider if the actions of the teacher have allowed those students to gain an advantage then that is something that we consider when making a decision for candidate malpractice again a sanction of of no further action might be well it's not a sanction but we might say no further action is required because we don't believe that malpractice has taken place generally um, that will come with words of advice from yeah. us as well saying that you know this this isn't necessarily a, a breach but it's, you're, you're it's an irregularity <laughs> and, uh, yeah so we we do we do want it highlighted to the candidate but on this mm. occasion it's 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 not something that we'll be taking mm. further so a candidate could be issued a warning uh, for again a period of two years they could receive a mark of zero for a component. So if they, for example, had their mobile phone on them in a maths exam, it's their paper one maths exam, they might get a mark of zero for that paper. So they can still receive an overall grade based on the other components, but they won't get one for that one. Or they might be disqualified from the whole qualification, so they won't receive that qualification at all. So one of the most common examples of that is if they've used a mobile phone in an exam. We can disqualify them from multiple examinations if it's something that's occurred across more than one exam and then we can also disqualify them from all exams in the whole series again if they if it's a really severe case of malpractice and we can bar them as well from taking AQA's exams for a a set period of time but that's very rare that we'll issue that sanction. The, the next stage will be whether or not an individual wishes to appeal the sanction uh, imposed. And that's another quite a large part of the work that we do, is to represent and to not argue the, the case, but just present to AQA. present, okay. present AQA's case and explain the process by which a decision was reached. And, and every decision that we make, we, we try to, or, and we are actually now required to, inform that person or that school as to why why we've made this decision again it will be on the balance of probability but there will there will be aspects of the evidence that has been submitted that we will highlight to say i mean the 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 obvious one would be if somebody admitted it then we'd say well you've admitted on page six that you did this and therefore we're satisfied that malpractice did occur in doing so but uh, there can be mitigation that, that needs to be put forward and of course that can be done during appeal at which point sanctions can be overturned or, or indeed upheld. And I think also for any teachers or, or members of centre staff who do end up as part of a malpractice investigation I think we always really try to stress that we are just conducting a fact-finding exercise. If we receive an allegation or a report of suspected malpractice, we have to investigate it. And like Bills has said previously, we're not trying to prove that this has happened. We're just trying to gather the evidence to decide whether on the balance of probabilities it has or it has not. So lots of our cases may turn out to there to be no evidence to substantiate the allegation. And in those cases, we will take no further action, but it's really important that you know, staff are aware that they just need to be honest and, and comply with the investigation and it's not us trying to, to prove... Te- teachers that. work incredibly hard, we, yeah. we, we know that, and they prepare their candidates and they, they do a fantastic job and, we, and the, the last thing that, that we want to happen is that for, for something, a, a breach to occur where a teacher was unaware that they weren't able to do something and that to have an impact on, on those, those students' lives and all, all those results. And, and, and teachers are, are incredibly upset when those sort of things happen, but 
at the back of all of this is that, that we need to protect the integrity for all for the of the exams for all, so that the school down the road or the school 100 miles away is doing doing the same thing, and that those candidates are receiving the same opportunities as everybody else. And there's no advantage gained, and that's something that that we have at the back of our mind for all of our investigations. Mm-hmm.